Good afternoon again. You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio, and this is our local media this week program where every Sunday afternoon we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare and we have a, a chat about it and uh, see where what what pops up out of the papers. I'm joined, my name is Jim Collins, and I'm joined by, I suppose I'll start with our regular um, member of this panel here, and that's Pat O'Brien. Pat, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jim. Last week, uh, John S. was still away, so um, Tom Henley joined us last week, and uh, Tom is back again for more punishment. You're welcome, Tom. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. And uh, David, David joined us last week by by phone, but uh, unfortunately he can't be with us this week at all. So uh, we have we're delighted to welcome from Tulla Jane Ryan. Jane, good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. Okay, so we'll we'll go through the papers here, and uh, it's mostly, I suppose, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we'll have a look and see what comes out. And I suppose there's no place to start better maybe than the front page, Pat. UHL War Zones is on the front page of the Clare Champion, and coincidentally, it's also on the front page of the Echo, where it says, like a war zone. Yeah, both papers here are Dan Dana, has it on the front of the Clare Champion. UHL war zone is increasing COVID risk. Clear patient had to have dialysis on trolley. And then you have on the echo and the front of Parig McMahon. Like a war zone, conditions criticised in UHL emergency department. Hospital admits ED social distancing compliance has dropped. Um, in his kidney patient, Dermot Hayes has been 22 hours on a trolley. He, he has claimed regular overcrowding in University Hospital in like war zone is increasing the risk of COVID-19 spreading from from uh, patients on trolleys to other patients. He claims he claim comes in a week when the National Health Watchdog warned that pers- persistent overcrowding contributes to difficulty in managing healthcare associated with infections and has been previously highlighted as a problem by the authority through prior monitoring work. Following an, un- an unannounced in- inspection the UHL, in the UHL on October 29, 2020, the Health Information Equality Authority stated overcrowding in hospital has shown an increase has shown to increase the risk of spreading infection and to particularly concern in the context of possible future additional demands posed by the pandemic in the hospital over the coming winter months. I suppose this is, a, this is an ongoing problem. I think we, we, are, we are listening to overcrowding in Limerick and, and, and most of the hospitals uh, on a regular basis. But I suppose maybe it's uh, summertime and it's mostly in wintertime you'd, you'd, you'd hear of it. Yeah, I, suppose I should have said my apologies. Luke Fleming, Luke joins us as well this evening. Luke is engineering as always. But you never know, Luke, you might need to call us to order at some stage. So you might... Uh, it's a hard job, Jim. So, <laughs> <laughs> as I learned while you were uh, on your little break. <laughs> But listen, uh, getting back to what Pat said there, uh, normally it's it's a it's a winter thing, uh, but we haven't heard much overcrowding in UHL. We haven't heard about it anyway during the COVID crisis for the last year or so. I wonder, is it because just people stayed away from hospitals? Yeah, I say that's probably part of the uh, the people stayed away from from hospital and, and they were afraid to go in maybe uh, when when when, the, when you're in the pandemic. When the, you know, so probably there's a lot of people now coming back and there's a bit of a build up of of people. You know. Yeah. Hi, Jenny. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I know that my mother-in-law had to go into the hospital there about two months ago, and she couldn't get a bed at all. 
Um, they're from Saturday morning at 8, and they ended up sending her to Ennis for a bed at about 2 o'clock Sunday morning. So I I don't know. I, I think that it's more, I, I think the overcrowding, it, it, there's other issues, you know, that maybe are affecting. I don't know how much of it is really overcrowding, if that's, you know, if it's continuing to happen. It, it, it has never stopped. I mean, you know, as far as I can tell, so we've been so stopped. we've been so focused on COVID and COVID figures yeah. that uh, we have we've overlooked. Let's say overcrowding it, might yeah, be. It hasn't been fo to the forefront. It's COVID has taken over, and yet I think the overcrowding has continued to a certain extent. Hmm. Even yeah, in the winter, there there was something um, a couple of months ago in the winter about the fact that there were still what forty six or forty eight people on trolleys, you know, at, during the lockdown, yeah. the third, the most recent lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. yeah, they they built on uh, a new a new area there and uh, and put a hundred beds. But it seems it hadn't solved the. Yeah. No. I, I think part of the problem is that staff shortages. You know that there could mm. be beds yeah. and wards closed. You know, yeah, yeah. and don't forget, uh, last year the height of COVID, that every available nursing person was occupied, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of them uh, succumbed to COVID as well, and were out. Yeah. You know, and now. Uh, People are trying to get up, take holiday leave that they should have taken last year, possibly. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. you know, yeah, that they're yeah. probably, I, yeah. I bet they don't have a uh, plentiness of yeah. nurses. Oh, probably, probably yeah. 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 And that could be leading to the problem. And as you said, a lot of people would have said away last year, you know, that, mm. oh, yeah. I'm not going in there. Yes. No. Yeah. They're maybe inclined to venture in a little bit more. And I suppose there could be there could be a build up as well yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. issues that people medical issues Small that people have because yeah, they I think be that's yeah. yeah. I, I think that's somebody did say that to me that there's a lot of people that have waited that are now getting procedures done yeah, and I yeah. think that's yeah. it's there's a backlog like there is with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. of course, the elephant in the room is this Delta variant, you know, yeah. that we thought this time last year, or early in the year when vaccines came in, that right, once we got vaccinated, we're going to be safe. But with this Delta variant, we're not cast iron guaranteed no. safety or no. immunity, even with two vaccines, you mm. know, mm. you still have to try and avoid contact with it if you can. But we and were a crowded area like that in an A&E is... Could be a hotbed for spreading we, infection. We were just talking about yeah. uh, this before we came on air, and, uh, and Tom Handy, I've known you a long time, but uh, there was a certain thing I didn't know about <laughs> you uh, until you told us before we came on air, and and it's directly relevant to what we're talking about. Do you want to tell us <laughs> without without the details? I, I didn't think you were going to ask me that. <laughs> anyway, no, a good number of years ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about maybe 10, 12 years ago. Um, one particular couple of days, I wasn't feeling that well. I had a little bit of pain in my left arm, kind of, you know. And this particular evening, I began to get a little bit, what I felt was a bit of tightness across the chest. So I said, it's time to put the hands up yes. and do something about it. We went to Shannon Dock in Killerloo and sent me into the region in Limerick. Wanted to get a number of blood tests done, serial blood tests. When I say serial, take bloods now, take them again in four hours afterwards and just see if there was any change in heart enzymes and things like that so you know just to, to check on the, the old ticker situation but 
Uh, when we went in, it was fairly crowded. I was waiting for hours and hours before anyone saw me, waiting for a lot more hours before bloods were taken and things like that. And it it was really, really crowded. You know, you literally couldn't spread out your elbows. There was somebody in the trolley beside me, both sides and across the way, you know. And I spent all night on a trolley and uh, tell you yeah it's not something you'd want to go back no, to no I wouldn't wish it on anyone you know yes. I wish it on anyone. thankfully yeah. there was nothing too serious wrong with me I could uh, even though they wanted to keep me for more tests in the morning but I think I'd had enough of it at that stage yes. you know, I was felt yeah. cured <laughs> okay well that's and you know our sympathies go out to anyone who gets stuck in a trolley yeah. overnight, overnight but, in, uh, in a hospital Jim we have to yes. say though that I believe, you know, the trolley situation of waiting in A&E is difficult and can be quite somatic. But once you get into the system, whether you're a public patient or a private patient, the service is exemplary. Is it, and and yeah. they work but very just hard. But getting in they're... can be a problem, an issue. Okay. Getting exactly. past that A&E. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose I, 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 you'll, you'll hear people saying that maybe there's pe- people going into A&E that shouldn't be going in. You know, they should be going to the injury units and all yes. that kind of yeah. thing. And people, Minor injuries, people yeah. just go to the, and they, they clog it up as much yeah. as anything yeah. else. Yeah. 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 Pat, you were saying as well that uh, the COVID-19 cases are on the increase in the county. Yeah. Paulie uh, McMahon here has um, an article here on page 12 of the Echo. Public health officials have warned a steady increase in confirmed cases in County Clare. Cases in County Clare in County Clare have increased steadily over the past 14 days with a total of 164 confirmed cases in this period. This day last month there were 79 cases detected in Clare in a 14-day period. On August 12th, a total of 24 cases were confirmed in Clare, which is one of the highest daily increases since the, do- since the tail end of the wave in February. Officials within the Department of Public Health Midwest have warned people in inner area to extra vigilant to avail of free COVID testing if they are experiencing symptoms or feel they have exposed to risk in the past 14 days. Yeah. Well, I suppose, uh, is, it, is, it, is it mainly uh, younger people uh, that are not vaccinated that are getting the, the, this variant? Yeah, it would so. appear that. I think Jane, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I just registered my 15-year-old today for the vaccination, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the first day of it being open. But mm-hmm. I think it is, they said, 16 to 34-year-olds, yeah. 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 It's very hard for them to be... Well, kept, you know. Kept, yeah, yeah. You when, know. when we were all in that age group, we were invincible, we were absolutely, weren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out well, and about, yeah. We'll, we'll move on uh, to maybe another topic which is all over both papers, and that's Shannon. And there's several strands to the Shannon story. I suppose we, we did have last, we record on Thursday evening, as regular listeners probably know. So last Thursday, we just had word of. Uh, new flights coming into Shannon, but uh, details are all over both papers today. Um, it, it, you know, one might be forgiven for thinking that uh, some of the, the good days are coming back um, in terms of the early noughties when Ryanair were flying out from Shannon to 30-something places. I see Eddie Wilson there uh, with... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, on page six, Pat. Page six there, the champion, yeah. uh, Owen Ryan has it. Um, and you have a fine picture there of um, uh, Mary Considine, who's the CEO of the Shannon Group, and Eddie Wilson. And they're, they're in, 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 in fine glee there beside a, a Ryanair plane. Yeah. Um, no Ryanair deal, a huge step on the road to recovery. Budget Airlines C- CEO has harsh words for government over aviation recovery policy. 
Ryanair launched eight new Shannon routes last Thursday morning and said it will carry more passengers to and from Shannon Airport over the next year than it did in 2019 before the COVID stroke. The airline CEO Eddie Wilson praised Shannon Airport's management for being proactive in securing new services and estimated around 1 million people will fly with Ryanair to and from Shannon in the next 12 months, up by around 25% on 2019 figures. So and, and I see on page 14 as well of the Clare Echo yeah, where Porrick yeah. has a Ryanair CEO confident of further growth as Shannon. I'm just wondering what um, what deals do uh, Shannon Airport do to attract Ryanair? Well, Luke, well, I think... Op- open the door and give it to him for nothing. <laughs> it was basically, but I, I do like to see um, Porrick has, you know, we said he had a sit-down interview with uh, Eddie Wilson there and you can see where... They've agreed a long-term deal, which is run to eight, eight or nine years. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that it's you need, you too, know, yeah. and and to get to get things up and running. Because if people know that there's going to be facilities and flights there, you know, not a sort of a six-month short stopgap. And I know, uh, Pat, there's. We'll say a little bit of good news for your favourite um, Aer Lingus. Uh, uh, <laughs> Heathrow Shannon flight will be there for a few months while Cork Airport is closed. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. You, you, you'll be first down there with, with the campaign to get that flight put back in full time. But, yes. but look, if, if, if Ryanair, you know, a little bit like, you know, if, the, if you build it, they will come. And Ryanair proved before. If the flights were there, like we all remember, there were three or four flights a day going to, we say, Stansted or he or not Heathrow, but uh, you know, um, Gatwick. Gatwick, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and like that's what we need, hmm. and and we said we, the people of Clare and the Midwest and from further beyond, need to support it. Yes. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Is this the first I time? I wonder. You know, that, let's say since Shannon um, came out from under the clutches of the DAA that they have done something like this because the last time when Ryanair were there, uh, we were still under Dublin and, you know, yeah. there are those who would say that, you know, we, we went back and clawed back on deals with uh, with Ryanair. Yeah, but, just, um, there's just an article there, Jim, uh, on it. Um, well, there has been some criticism of Shannon's separation from the from the other state airports in recent times. Milton, Mr. Wilson said the deal wouldn't wouldn't have been possible had it been part of the DAA group with Dublin and Cork. You have you have a situation where by Dublin and Cork have not been able to respond in the same way as Shannon has. The initiative scheme in Dublin and Cork run out next June in the middle of the summer season where, the, where we have got long-term planning in place here with Mary Considine and her team, which gives us certainty, said Mr. Wilson. So mm. just as good, just, um, mm. it seems to be um, uh, very positive on what they're talking about. Uh, they? all, mm. all we need is a, a candidate for the post of chairperson. But I suppose, Tom, as as Luke was saying there, if the flights are there and and there is a huge throughput in the airport, um, even if Ryanair are getting it for nothing, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still win-win. It's, you know, it has to be win-win. Car parking alone is, you know, mm. I, I know I've paid more uh, 
park in my car in Shannon for a week than I'd have paid for my flights abroad. You know? yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but food, you know, yeah, pe- yeah. people yeah. going through oh, the yeah. airport. That's, that's what right. you want. The passing traffic. Yeah. yeah. No, I was talking to um, a person the other day and down in Shannon, and they said it was very busy, and that there was a, there was a, uh, an awful lot of people inquiring about flights and all that kind of stuff. That uh, is way up on, you know. So maybe the campaign that has been there and and, and has been, you know, has been mounted to, to support the airport hmm. is, is yeah. coming to bear. Well, if this but is a nine-year uh, agreement with yeah. with Ryanair, it's certainly going it's to. It's a very good idea. Yeah. And Luke says it's up to us to use it. Please, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. It's up to the people right. clear in the Midwest. If the planes are full, they'll keep them there. Yeah. 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 The, the one concern you would have uh, would be transatlantic. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and we'll say from the point of view of advertising, getting people in, and you know, they always say the North American tourist uh, has a few more shekels in the pocket than you know some of the people that might be coming otherwise. That's what. That's what we sort of hopefully we'll see a little bit of a yeah. hmm. I- if we see an eight or nine year plan in relation to transatlantic traffic I think we'll all be happy we yes. will and, and it's Fantastic. probably it's it's the next step we'll say once yep. this has been uh, got together that the new board at, right at Shannon will have to um, will have to address now just the, the new board of the Shannon group uh, and Luke mentioned it briefly there depending on which newspaper you read <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the 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 echo said that the the the, um, the shortlist isn't quite there yet. The champion says that it is there and that Minister Ryan is considering it. So uh, let's hope that, that that it is there and that uh, the minister is considering it because certainly the the Shannon Group need to be up and running. Mm. You know, after oh, the yeah. battle of last yeah. year. Yeah, you'd like to see a chairman in, you know, somebody that would be, uh, would have experience in, 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 in aviation and all that. Yeah. Could lead the way. Yeah, yeah. Lead the way, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, was just, I was just reading there this evening, I mean, I know it's water under the bridge now, but Mr. Ford uh, lasted a number of hours in the thing because of a number of tweets he gave. Mm. And I thought to myself, what in the heck has a few tweets maybe sent out at random or sent out at a weak moment or whatever. You know, if you have somebody who is capable of running the Shannon group and chairing it and progressing it, does it matter that they sent out a tweet a number of years ago in relation to some that they might have regretted? Yeah, Yeah, you'd imagine it wouldn't. Optics, Jim. Optics. We've yeah. all done things we regret, but should we spend the rest of our lives paying for them? You know? yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or in this case, should the rest of us, yes, yes. Uh, in the Midwest yeah. region, yeah. Yeah. Uh, spend you know be poorer because somebody who really good yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly uh, can't go in a job because of, of something silly? Well, then sure. Look, we have seen Golfgate last year. We have Marion Gate this year, but that's another story. We won't go into that. You know that anybody steps seems to step out of line at all. They seem to be. Okay. Yeah. Forever apologising for it. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on to Clare County Council. Uh, a delay in Clare County Council development plan. Yeah, that's, uh, on, that's on page four of the Echo. Mm-hmm. And, and it would appear that the reason for the delay is COVID and the, the lack of possibilities or opportunities uh, to um, to confer and to... I'd say uh, I'd say it's more to do with the fact uh, that they were having a bit of a row in the council offices about a gym, and uh, <laughs> they mightn't have been able to have their row. In <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, they might see. have been socially distanced uh, row. So, 
I yes. suppose a, a big problem is is, is um, the the in, in in rural villages and towns where where if if you don't have uh, have services they they, they won't get they won't give a plan of permission to develop uh, the areas, and I think I I heard this morning there on, on the radio about about schools and about children being born. Clare is only one of two counties in Ireland that haven't hasn't an increase in in um, population of children in the last ten years. Birth the birth rate is birth down. Birth rate, yeah, yeah it's down. Oh, that's quite true because Jim, I'm sure as you know, been involved with uh, boards of management of the National School. The numbers are not increasing, you know. Mm. No, they're not increasing. Um, in some places, of course, they are in urban areas. Oh, yeah, big urban areas. Let's say in East Clare, they're not. Big in urban areas. Yeah, yeah. Jane is an area that is increasing. There. There are a number of building yeah. projects underway at the moment. There are, and that the most recent um, housing estate there, which is um, in place of the old secondary school, I believe they're all sold. They're yeah. all gone, the mm. 17 houses. 17 houses, yeah. So, I mean, I know from the secondary school that we're at our top um, number of pupils, which I believe mm. is around 650, and that, that happened very quickly, you know, the mm. secondary school, but you'd have a larger catchment area. Um, I'm not sure what the numbers are in Tulla um, in the national school, but I think that they're fairly steady. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's been a huge increase, but with the houses that might change, you know, the, the, the housing estate there in the secondary school or the old secondary school and then the housing estate that's being built in Dunan, the mixed housing yeah. development. Um, and then there's another housing estate that is there's planning permission um being looked for or, or maybe obtained at this stage. So, yeah, I don't of, know. Back yeah. of O'Hallorans, yeah. The, the back, back of O'Hallorans, yeah. yeah. So, and then there's another one, I think, on, on the pipeline uh, near the National School there, I think, somewhere there. Near the National oh, school. there is, yeah. I think that's yeah. all, I think that's being looked for at the moment. Oh, I don't think yeah. that's been granted, but yeah, yeah. They, almost 100, they're saying about 100 new houses oh, there in Tulla. So, that, I mean, that probably would increase the National School population, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, you know, the, but there is definitely, I know with the secondary school that they're, they're fairly booked. Limit, yeah, yeah. yeah, there is a limit, yeah. I wonder, and I'd, I'd be the worst in the world myself at this, but do we kind of ignore the details that go into the county development plan and then find ourselves surprised maybe when we or somebody we know doesn't get planning permission for something. Uh, should we should we be more um, proactive or as individuals? In fairness, the council will publish draft plans and people have a chance to look them up in the library yeah, or the yeah, local yeah. offices and all that. But who bothers with it? That's, that's it, that's yeah. You know? yeah. When, you're, when it comes to your own front door, something's wrong, then you're going for it. It could be too late at that stage. Yeah. You know? But see, I, yeah. I, I think... With this county development plan, it's, it's most of it's run up above in Dublin. There are the rules and regulations, but who, who are all those people? Are the planners or are they just, um, are they just um, civil servants? Or who? Yeah. And they, they, if, 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 if the council don't um, adopt this plan, uh, the minister will, will will intervene and he'll 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 have the final say. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. 
<laughs> yeah, you have um, all our East Clare representatives uh, were in favour of the plan being delayed by seven months. They all vo voted for it. But um, uh, Councillor Pat O'Gorman of Fianna Fáil com commented uh, and we said Porrick McMahon has it there on page four of the Echo. He says, I can't understand how a department in Dublin can send rules and regulations for rural Clare and offer no solutions on issues no. like wa sewers and water. Yeah, he's right, yeah. That's you know? true, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Chief Executive of the Council, Pat Dowling, informed uh, the councillors that there will be, quote, robust engagement and consultation regarding the plan in the next seven months. I suppose one of the things which, which really causes friction, certainly in rural Ireland, is when people are refused planning permission. Uh, yeah, in, and they're in, local. In, yeah. And they're local yeah. in rural areas. Yeah. Mm. And it's it's generally the plan, the county development plan that's pro, you know, yeah. that, it, that yeah. it's contravenes the county development plan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have people, you have people with one own, own a fair amount of their own land, and the, the, the son might want to build, the daughter might want to build, and they, they wouldn't, they can't get permission. Right. Yeah, Technically, they can't get permission now, really. Yeah, and these are a lot of genuine cases. A lot of genuine cases. Speculation. They could be people returning back sure, to yeah, Ireland, yeah. you know, having worked abroad or whatever, been abroad, yeah. Plan yeah. permission yeah. is very difficult, no matter where you are now. Yeah. There's so much rules and regulations and, and, mm. and so much to be, to be done to, yes, to get, yes, get planning permission to build a house. Yeah. Okay, on a slightly related matter, something which has got planning permission, um, I see it on page six of the Clare Echo, and and that is a biomass uh, plant in Stone Hall. Now, Stone Hall is slightly outside our region here in East Clare, but I know it well because uh, my wife comes from there and went to school in Stone Hall. But I see uh, Stone Hall biomass plant gets green light despite opposition. And I know that some of the opposition is from Stone Hall National School, from parents and board of management. Um, I, I, I thought, I was under the impression maybe that biomass was kind of farm waste, uh, that kind of material, which, which you know... Organic waste. Organic anyway. waste. Yeah. But, but I see it's, it's forestry waste they're talking yeah, well about. Well, that's organic enough too, yeah. I suppose yeah. it is, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I said the offcuts of the, of the, the offcuts of the forestry that yeah. you're using, yeah. Hmm. The, um, and, and what are they going to generate with it? Will they be burning? I, I'm not too familiar with the, what, they, what they will be doing. Will they be burning it or Tom? Well, any idea those biomass plants can generate gas, mm. you know, right. a natural gas, methane gas that they can harvest yeah. and use, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not too sure I haven't read that article. Now. And is, they, is that what they intend doing there? Yeah, that they're going to be able to offer carbon-free heating to businesses in Shannon yes. and potentially to homes in the town. So that that's the down the road, yeah. yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. They're, they're so it's that renewable, right? They're talking about advanced uh, production of advanced biofuel construction of a gasification and combined heat yes. power. Yeah. So yeah. that's basically what, what, what they're uh, yeah. t talking about. I know yeah. there, there was a, a suggestion that uh, the old chipboard plant here in Scarif, um, which hasn't been in operation, certainly not for chipboard for the last, what is it, eight or ten years, uh, was going to be used for biomass as well. But um, I don't think that came to anything. And of course, any of us who've driven through Gart in the last year will will see plastered everywhere. The people of Gart, or at least a section of them, are very much against yeah. biomass. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, anyway, okay, that's the, um, I suppose we're heading towards the centre of the, the midpoint of our programme, Pat. Uh, have you been um, listening to any music during the week that you might like to share with us at this point? Hello, Jim, I suppose... Uh, We'd like to congratulate all our, our medal winners, gold medal and, and bronze medal winners, and all our, our team members that went to, to Tokyo. Um, it's just marvellous to come, see them coming back, and that girl from Dublin, Kelly Harrington, and the, the two boys from um, with our go, um, gold medals, the two boys from um, Skipperine, and, and, like the, a dog and the girls' team, the girls', yes. the girls yeah. teams as well. And, you know, it's just marvellous to see them, and uh, they, they, I suppose they, you know they all, even and even some of the athletes that were beaten, they came across very well in, in interviews and all that. And uh, we'd like to congratulate them all. So we'll have Cliff Richard and congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations and celebrations when I tell everyone that you're in love with me. Congratulations and jubilations I want the world to know I'm happy as can be you're very welcome back to Local Media This Week here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. We've been listening to Cliff Richard singing Congratulations, which finished in second place in the Eurovision Song Contest of 1968. Probably one of the most successful records ever, Tom, I'd say, that, that didn't win the Eurovision. Exactly. It's played every opportunity since, you know. And I'm, I know Phil Coulter was, uh, wrote the original version of it, didn't he? Uh, was it uh, That's right. And Bill Martin. Bill Martin. And that's right. So it's been very, very successful for them financially. And it was, it you know, it's one of those things, one of those catchy tunes we've all. Yes, and they, they probably get a few bob, Tom, every time it's played. I bet they do. I bet they do. I bet they do. And all these little bobs add up, you know. Yes. Just looking at the, just going back for a second, we were talking about the biomass plant in Stone Hall and the decision by Clare County Council to grant planning permission. Look, what did it say, the, the article there? Was it uh, 48? Permanent yeah. jobs. Yeah, 48 full, full-time jobs and, um, you know, the number there in relation to um, haulage and, you know, uh, forestry as well, we'll say when that's up and running. But those numbers, I think, are sort of impressive enough compared to what you're potentially looking at with the data centre. Yes. You know, and th- there are two articles, uh, Porrick has two articles in the Clare Echo, we'll say on page 25 and 27, in relation to it. And I think they're, they're quite interesting because it's a little bit of meat on the bone in relation to what, you know, the data centre is going to entail. And uh, on page 25, Porrick uh, McMahon has it there, we'll say the group that led uh, the campaign against the Shannon LNG, which was the, the liquefied natural gas, Tom, I think, is yeah. it? That, that it? You know? Um, uh, they, they have described the data centre as a climate disaster waiting to happen. And we say future-proof Clare, Extinction Rebellion Clare and Clare Environmental Network have united in their criticism against the plans. And they said public participation surrounding the project has been described as, quote, almost non-existent. And they're going to hold uh, an information webinar on the topic on Monday evening. So if you go to Future Proof Clare's Facebook page, you'll find you'll find information on that. But uh, there's a lady there, uh, Emmanuel, Emanuela Ferrari of Future Proof uh, Clare, questioned whether the data centre was compatible uh, with the regional spatial econo- uh, economic strategy. And she says it would use one million litres of water per day during hot weather. 
while the electricity load would be 200 megawatts, which is the equivalent of the amount of power used by 210,000 houses. My God. Right? So now that's something... That's that, a lot, yeah. That's something that you need to go and to have to uh, uh, look at. And uh, Ashleen Wheeler of Extinction uh, Rebellion Clare also commented and said, a rapid growth in data centres will overwhelm Ireland's electricity grid. And we've spoken about that before, our concerns mm. in relation to it. And, you know, with, with Money Point being shut down and what's going to replace it. So... Uh, they are saying uh, that there will be 250 jobs created in the data centre. I cannot see how that would, would be that much. They do not need people to run them. No. no. You know? mm. I said it could be closer to 25, I think, than 250. Like They're talking about 1,200 in construction and 600 in support services. Uh, that would be maybe more of a... Uh, a, fi a figure all right but we'll say on page 27 of the echo then as well uh, Porrick has another article uh, where he says that the council have outlined that the planning application for the data centre has been made totally independent of the local authority hmm Probably going direct to board plan all that. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, it's, we said, uh, Art Data Centres uh, Limited lodged the planning application for the centre uh, with the permission of 10 years duration sought. Uh, you know, it says that the data centre was identified as a key pillar of this NS2040 plan we've heard so much about, and local authority staff uh, went to visit Facebook's data centre in Sweden before plans were progressed. And... I find it a little bit hard to believe uh, how, even though it's been made totally independent of the council, is the council are actually going to be adjudicating on it? I, I would have thought that it would have gone straight to Borp and all and myself. Yes. Because uh, that's where it's going to wind up. It is, of course. Yeah. I wonder it, why, it gets, why gets, is there so no, much... It gives no... It gives no, um, no... In any of the papers in recent weeks, or in this week's, who was who who developing it? Mm. There's no seems to be no no names uh, to the people except uh, the, there's a name of a company that mm -hmm. sought plan permission, but who they are is yeah. they could be anybody. Mm. I might have to looking we, we, at we, we, we might have to we might have to drink that water from from the, from the Shannon up to <laughs> up to cool down. Yeah. We might need it all. Yes, we might need it all <laughs> up in, in Bearfield. Is that to, I wanted to keep the plant cool? Uh, oh, it or, would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder, should should Bishop David wouldn't be here? Should data centres be in northern Norway or? Well, that's where the, the council staff. That's where they went to visit uh, Facebook's one. Yeah, and yeah. There, there are a few. But we'll say Ireland's Ireland's weather conditions, uh, uh, global warming notwithstanding, are suitable because yeah. we're mild. Plen plenty, yeah. plenty rain, not yeah. too much hot sun. Yes. Maybe, maybe a week every five years if we're lucky. But, uh, but maybe it's hard in buildings that they're putting up that they're going to have above it. And there's going to be an awful lot of buildings that can't. Uh, was it last week's paper there? Did they be able to collect the water of the swallow down off the sky? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the cool, cool the solar panels on yeah, top yeah. of things. Yeah. Oh, anyway, okay, listen, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it anyway. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on the data centres and uh, and the biomass plant and we'll see how they get on. Yeah, Fiona had a, an article there as well, Jim, on the champion on page nine, concerns raised over in a state centre plan. And uh, I said it's similar to what, what, what Parley had in the, in, in the echo. Yes, yeah. Okay. The, we were talking about congratulations, Pat, and you mentioned it there, and I suppose we have two people from East Clare who were in Tokyo over the last few weeks, and um, we, you know, major congratulations to both of them for getting there. We had Finn McKeever, uh, who was involved in the swimming, 
and uh, we were lucky enough to have him in studio last Saturday and uh, lovely guy, absolutely, you know, great young fellow, I would say great attitude, um, very uh, committed to his sport um, and a role model for all youngsters you would find, uh, Finn was from Killaloo and equally it can be said of Michael Blake. Um, and the yeah, Michael has been chef to keep of their equestrian team, and they have a lot of work uh, done for the last couple of years. I know there were last year in preparation for what should have been the 2020 Olympics. That spent months out in Florida trying to get the horses yeah. acclimatized to the temperatures yeah. that expect it, yeah. in Tokyo, and they did the same again this year. And you know they were just in hard look with their horses more than anything else. Yes, you know, yeah. one of them, um, Keen O'Connor's horse, I think developed a nosebleed, and he would be one of the favourites. And he was, I, I don't know all the details of it now, but he was actually had to be pulled from the rest of the competition. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there was uh, uh, the rider in the, uh, you know, the team event, and the horse uh, lost a shoe, and I suppose. Well, yeah. So a hissy fit afterwards and went. Shane, Shane Sweetman came in. Yeah, Shane Sweetman. Yeah, he came in, and, and uh, like he hadn't done any jumping during the week, yeah, so yeah. he probably was coming in cold to as well. Yeah, yeah. But he was unlucky with this plus the horse yeah. lost his shoe yeah. and, and, and put him off really. Yeah. The, and with Keen O'Connor then having something like three quarters of a second of a time fault, which not otherwise he'd be jumping for medals. Yes, so yeah, in the mean, in individual event, yeah. There's yeah. there's so very near and yes, there's so small yeah. margins yeah. between, yeah. between yeah. winning and losing. But there's uh, the effort that goes into it. I know with Michael Blake, the amount of work that's gone into that in yeah, yeah, years, yeah. it's mm. unbelievable, you know. And which begs the part you'd heard some of the discussion during the week that the funding for those elite athletes needs to be increased, Please, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, the old story, I suppose, inspiration is 99% perspiration. That's you have to put in the work, you know? That's it indeed. Well, there was a, a journalist on there one morning on, on, on television there early in the week after the um, Kelly Harrington winning, and he, he said that, you know, that a lot of boxing clubs in Dublin would be in, in, in those uh, working class areas and uh, inner city and all that, they'd be just struggling uh, with facilities and yeah, struggling yeah, yeah. to keep going. Yeah. And he said they need they need funding. You know, they might have one toilet for ladies and gents and you know that kind of stuff. Basic and stuff, yeah. Basic stuff, and that they, they should they should be getting all funding because you you're going to generate all the all the young people and you're going to get them off the street and you won't yes, have them maybe yes, yes, yes. At, at things the the yeah. you know yeah. other things you know. Yeah, looking at at, at sporting facilities, Jane in Tulla, um, the the athletic club there are they're working away on their running track yeah. and every you know obviously they, they they're spending money as they get it in yeah, probably and, yeah. and they're working away on it but it is taking shape oh it is yeah and and you know it's the great credit due to those people who are involved that's in right yeah it's been that's been a couple of years project going but they yeah slowly but surely it is taking shape and and they are fundraising all the time for it yeah yeah, so hopefully yeah. that um, we'll have budding athletes yeah, from East Clare. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Be just great to have it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Just on, the, on Finn McKeever, just for, the, for people, um, there's a full page on page 14, and if people wanted to... So get by the paper and have a have a, a full read on, on there's a great and photo there uh, yeah. as well yeah and and, and, and I know d down in uh, uh, Killaloo and Balna I suppose more so on the Balna side but on both sides there's loads of uh, posters and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. bunting up there for That's him as well so, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah so it's mm. great fair, stuff. fair play to him and there's an article there by Dan Dan Hammersville about uh, the parents and they getting up at four in the morning and driving him into UL and having to sleep in the car and all having mm. they're all of their own slots all the all the swimming parents at the 
one starts to, <laughs> to pull in and sleep while well, the, while the yeah. lads are training. And good that they were able to do it in a 50 metre pool, you know, yeah. instead of Limerick won the first place to have a 50 metre yeah. pool in the country. One of, yeah. one of the Olympic ideals, I think it's higher and faster and stronger. Well, faster is certainly being taken on board in the village of Tungraney. <laughs> because uh, there is a, a... That's not running or walking, is it? It's not running or walking. I think it's it's more mechanised than that. Uh, I think in, in the Clare Champion, maybe on page 11, in the East Clare page, uh, you have a picture there of Councillor Pat Hayes, who is maybe calling people to order in terms of speeding. Um, I, I'll defer to Pat on this one. Now. OK, I think Pat <laughs> is setting himself up for a little speech. Yes, Pat. Yeah, County Council te uh, to tackle Tom Grady speeding. Uh, Fiona McGarry has a, uh, an article here on the East, Clare, so East and South East Clare page. Speeding traffic is causing concerns in the approach roads to the village of Tom Grady. Last month's meeting of the Kilo, the Kilo Municipal District has held... The message was raised by Councillor Pat Hayes, who asked new traffic handling measures to be put in place if present measures are not fulfilling their requirements. The Fianna member outlined his concern for the safety of residents with increase in traffic over the summer period. Many people are using the new path from Killaloo to Scarif, he noted. It's around St. Corners Church in particular, where, where you realise how much speed there is and how it's creating a danger to residents. Yeah. So, so particularly they're passing the Church of Ireland, St. Yeah, Cronin's Church yeah. of Ireland. Um, so it's it's something, I suppose. I mean, Tom, you use Tungreni every day. You drive there, that do, road yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah, And Torchwood. I have no penalty <laughs> fines. I try to avoid them as best I can. But, you know, you come down the hill in Raheen and you can... If you weren't watching yourself, you could be you going. Would, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit I, I, than I, I think. think the concern that the locals would have is that um, you don't want a load of sort of a combination of bollards, flashing lights, and everything else like yeah. that to try and speed people down. Because you know it is it is a historic village, and you want you know th there are enough signs in every village, but you don't. Want, I think for an area like Tungreni, you don't want to be adding more to it. That, that no one will argue that there isn't a, an issue with speeding. Uh, you know the great the great line. Uh, that we the locals have about Tungreni is it's the heart of you know the roundabout of East Clare mm -hmm. because if you think about it any traffic coming from Ennis you're going to it from Killaloo mm -hmm. and uh, with the bypass in Killaloo when that is finished I think you're going to have uh, a big increase in traffic coming well, yeah, over yeah. our side with Holy Island possibly yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. because yeah. to get to Holy Island. Unless you're coming from uh, the Port Humnus side, and I don't think uh, too many tours would be travelling over that direction. They'd be coming from Shannon Airport. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> indeed. But you would be coming yeah. through Tomb Grain, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. on both yeah. sides. So it would, it, of course. Yeah. I, I know there there are plans. I think for a bit of a, a survey, traffic-wise, related to it, but. Um, yeah. Mm. Of course, there's two sets of traffic lights in Tungreni already. Uh, there yeah. are indeed. Yeah. But the one area, and I've seen, you know, I do travel that area, as you said, but if you're coming home from work in the evening time, you can get a lot of uh, children around the ball alley there, the handball alley. And I've been, you know, conscious about the times that this youngsters could cross the road in a hurry without looking. Yeah, and of course you have the national school there yeah. as well. Mm. You know, it's a little bit. Well, that's daylight hours. That is a rule. Yeah. Mm. People should yeah. be better supervised with that. Yeah, yeah. just to, the the engineer for the Kildare Municipal District there, Eve Madden. She said the the Kildare Municipal District will conduct a speed survey and assist the approaches to Tom Grady. The outcome of the investigation will determine any future potential works that may be required and will form the basis of of a funding application, and that may need to be progressed in this regard. So.
Brian Baru country there, and I'm sure there was yeah. a lot of activities there yeah. a thousand years ago or more. Maybe there was a lot good rave there on a Saturday night or something, whatever <laughs> they did. And there's talks of, they found a few, um, is it what it's called, burn pits or something like that? Yeah, Fulloch de Fias, maybe as well. The, that, uh, the Fulloch de Fia was uh, the word, yeah. where, where, you, where you dig a hole yeah. and, and water from the wetlands around it seeps mm. into it. Yeah. You light a big fire beside it, mm. and into which you throw lots of stones. And when they're white hot, you throw them into the pool, the hole of water that you're after yeah. making, and then when that starts shaving and things, that, <laughs> that starts bubbling up. Uh, you wrap um, meat in a kind of a sugon, and you drop it into it. Mm. And that was you the barbecue it, of the day. It was the barbecue <laughs> of the day, and it didn't stop there because uh, when you had eaten your fill, yeah. and the fire had died down a bit, and the water had cooled a bit. Uh, the ladies of the time then would get into the water because it was kind of, there was still a lot of fat and stuff in it and uh, it, it's ideal for, for cleansing. So um, it, it provided a, a great... Um, well, let's say if you started up one of those again, it could be definitely a, an attraction. You know? Jane, I know you have a particular interest in history. Um, I'm not sure if the, how far into archaeology that would say. Not, not but, too but, far. But, 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 but uh, you know, uh, there, there is a case, isn't there, for when, when these finds are made to, mm. to preserve them to some degree as yeah. part of the overall history of a particular area. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it does add a new layer to, to what may have gone on. I, you mentioned Brian Baru and, and Owen in the article as well. Well, he mentions he talks about the value that um, this this fine could be for the um, Greenway, um, the the Limerick to Scarif Greenway. So it's uh, it is something it is interesting to see you know to hear about and uh, and to see what what may have been there and what what activities were taking place because certainly there was a lot of activity around that area yeah. you know, all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's hopefully that, um, mm. and, and I would imagine that, you know, various things like Fulloch de Fia, lots of people would never have seen a Fulloch de Fia, no. or never have seen, we'll say, what's visible nowadays with right. Fulloch de Fia. So uh, it, it certainly to, mm. to preserve at least some of them. Some of them, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you can't preserve definitely. everything you find probably. No. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember I worked in Dublin during the 70s, uh, during the height of the Wood Key Mm. Uh, okay. debacle as I would call it yeah, yeah. you know where, where so were you protesting much, in those days? 
I was indeed, and I remember I used to go down at times with food, <laughs> with with loaves of bread or pints of milk, and drop them into some of the protesters who were sitting in at the time. <laughs> but um, Father Xavier Martin and a number yeah, yeah. Of, of those. But anyway, okay, let's go on. The Glenwood ambush. We'll stay with history. Pat, there's a the it receives top billing there on the the East, East Clare yeah, page. Yeah, there's a fine photograph of of. Um, the last time, uh, I think, in the 19th anniversary of the ambush, when they they had um, a re-enhancement of the of the the group. Um, inf- information source from the Glenwood ambush booklet is uh, just in the southeast clear page, and uh, Fiona McGarry has the, the the story. A second commemorative plaque has been installed at the site of the Glenwood ambush in East Clare to remember those who risked their lives sheltering and feeding IRA volunteers on the run at the time. A new commemorative booklet is also being planned with the Glenwood Memorial Committee appealing to the public to get in touch if they have details they would like included. Six RIC men were killed in a flying column from the East Clare Brigade attacked their lawyer at Glenwood on January 20, 1921. The ambush led to a series of reprisals and attacks on residents across South East Clare in the east of the county as the War of Independence raged. A scaled-back commemorative event took place in January to mark the centenary and work to remember the anniversary, anniversary continues since then. We have, we, have, we have mounted a second plaque which was sculptured by our great friend Michael McTighe as part of the 100th anniversary commemoration. It's a patchy level chairperson of the memorial group. So they're, they're um, actually bringing out a new book and they're looking mm. for they're anybody looking that new, has, new has information, any. Yeah, yeah they, they, they've done a book on the 19th <coughs> anniversary when they, when they, when they unveiled the, the, uh, the plaques on the wall, they the renovated the whole area there. And uh, so they have a new plaque up now for the, uh, you know, the safe Theory, houses. Yeah. <coughs> the, the safe houses, they have a, a new kind of, uh, and they're, Hoping to to have a new book, or maybe a bigger book than they had in, in at the 90th anniversary. Very good. So we look forward to that. Maybe later in the year, I think they're hoping yeah. to have a. They couldn't have it there in January, uh, at normal time over for the, the over the COVID. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Jim, I suppose it's appropriate to say that um, th- Dr. Thomas McNamara's book on the Scarf Martyrs is available to pre-order now. It's due to uh, publish, I think, in September. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. it's it's been delayed so much because yeah. of the. Uh, because of the COVID, and it's his life's work. Oh, he has uh, exhaustive research done into that. You know, mm. so. Yeah, actually, the, 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 there's a. Um, we have a hit just here in Ocadans Mills, and it's about it as well. Yeah. And um, there's, a, there's a website you can go to. Um, to, to order if you want to, to Mercier Mer- Press. published by Mercier yeah, Press yeah. 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 I just see as well on a similar theme on page 13 of the Clare Champion where there's a, a plan to develop Hastings Cottage mm-hmm. and Hastings Cottage is it's down beside the crematorium actually in mm-hmm. Shannon and uh, there was a General Lucas there, we had a lecture on it I'd say about that's a year right. or two ago, oh, right. there was a General Lucas uh, who would be a British general kidnapped somewhere in North Cork yeah. and he was kind of transferred around North <laughs> Munster over yeah, a number true. of weeks, yeah. going from house to house. But one of the houses he was kept in was is is in Shannon, and it's called Hastings Cottage, and uh, it's not in great shape now. It, it's preserved in the sense of what it was. But I just saw on page uh, uh, thirteen of the Care Champion, there's um, 
there are moves to 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 improve it. Mm. And uh, General Lucas, he he was eventually let off. He was. I think he was. He was uh, <laughs> You know, he was having a good time, I think. You know, he was, probably had believe, yeah. Provided him with a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and possibly some of his captors were having a good time <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. But and <laughs> it's officially escaped, but I think they kind of said, well, you know, they, they if you turn our back, you can go. Yeah. You can yeah. go. Exactly. Exactly. I think they let him off because they had, a, they had a huge problem in minding him and they, 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 they'd rather be out shooting other fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, looking at the front page, I think, of the Clare Champion, a Killaloo athlete, uh, he wants to climb Karen Tuhill. Mm. I don't know, Jane, maybe you saw that there. I did, yeah. He's a, a student at St. Anne's. Um, and yeah, he's a 15-year-old student at St. Anne's Community um, School there in Killaloo. And he's hoping to be able to climb uh, Karen Tuhill there with um, blindfolded on the 28th of August. So his father is going to go along with him and um, some of the students in the school will carry items for him and he'll look to um, to make it up the start uh, from the bottom of the mountain, Cronin's yard at the bottom of the mountain. Now it doesn't... Um, I don't think he's doing it for, it's just a challenge, a personal challenge um, that he, he wants to um, to do. Uh, he's done the Irish Everest Challenge, and that was the um, the McGillicuddy Reeks there in Kerry with his father. So it seems to be something that he has an interest in. And uh, there's a, there is a page there, I believe, as well in the Echo with a picture of him. So he's going to start the climb there at 8.30 in the morning and um, and make his way up. So it's kind of interesting that this is something. Oh, there's a picture here, actually, in the champion. So it's it's kind of an interesting thing that he's going to do. And actually, the uh, excuse me now, it is charitable because all proceeds will go directly to the Irish guide dogs for the blind. Oh, so that is a nice... Excellent. That is a nice... Um, a nice yeah, idea. He, he, has, uh, he has claimed Melissa. He has Ma Melissa, Melissa, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, blindfolded. So, so yeah. It's about to be training. Yes. Mm. Okay. Talking about training, I suppose th this weekend, uh, as, we, as we come out to you, uh, now it's Sunday afternoon and uh, we're in the middle or of the first weekend of the championship. Uh, the hurling championship. Um, looking there, look, there's a brilliant uh, piece in the Clare Echo. Yeah, it uh, looks we've, terrific. We've alluded to um, the Echo before and their sports coverage, we'll say, certainly has stepped up uh, a huge notch. Now, I know we say initially they didn't cover too much sport and we alluded to last week where the actual game reports, you, you know, you need to get the smartphone out and uh, uh, look at the, the, the barcode uh, to, uh, you know, to get the reports, which means it's a great sign that, you know, they're putting the effort in uh, they just physically haven't space in the paper to do it. But, uh, the, yeah, the senior and uh, intermediate um, uh, championship in hurling has started this weekend, and we've been covering a few games on the radio here ourselves. But we'll say each team in the senior gets a page on their own. Now, as I said, I'm not the one to be talking about the GEA. So, P Pat, you know, it's a very impressive document from what I can see. Yeah, it looks mm -hmm. well, yeah. There's a uh, lovely uh, photograph in the front of it. Uh, the Clare Echo Senior Hurling Championship featuring, uh, featuring Clare Intermediate Hurling Championship profile as well. And they have a picture of a player from each, each club. 
uh, it's a nice, it's a lovely uh, feature on the front. Yeah, like mm. Owen Brennan and uh, Seamus Hayes, I think, are the, the two yeah, people that have, have put more, mm. most of it together. I, I give your crowd a plug, Pat. Mills Raising Bar for I 2021. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's not the uh, that's not the black sticks bar. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> that could be another uh, an, an, another time. But, uh, so, but uh, no, uh, well, well worth to read, well worth to look, and I'm sure uh, with all the games that have taken place over the weekend, there'll be plenty of reporting in the papers next week that, w- that we'll be talking about. There will indeed, and uh, if you're listening uh, to us here on Sunday around eight o'clock tonight, we'll have a program which will round up all the results and we'll have chats from uh, various people who were at all the games over the weekend and giving and we'll have a little bit of discussion on it okay uh i suppose we're coming close to the end of the program uh our thanks go to tom for coming in again this week at least you didn't get sick of us last week no, I'm still so. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as John S comes back, I'll be dropped <laughs> <laughs> to the bench. We'll have, we have a Jane today from Tulla. Jane, many thanks for thanks. coming in. So thanks good for having to, me. to see you, and uh, hopefully you can join us again at some point. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, and to Pat, Pat, um, who'll be back next week, thanks, hopefully Jane. as well. Many thanks to you. Pat, have you a bit of music to see us out on? Well, we'll have Shannon, uh, Shannon, Shannon uh, the girl of a girl. Uh, the TG uh, program is starting next Wednesday night, and uh, on August 18th at 8.30 and there's uh, four programmes so um, we'll have Sean to, to finish it out tonight so okay. we'll finish with Sharon Shannon thanks to everybody for listening today we'll see you again please God next Sunday at 2 o'clock goodbye and God bless I took a stroll down the old long walk on the day I ate I met a little girl and we start to talk on a grand soft day. And I ask you, friend, what's